Good morning, Life Church family. Have you ever thought, I can't be close to God until somehow I clean up my act? Not true, because it's not an act, it's a relationship. Here we go. Good morning, welcome everybody. We have two interactive ways that we need your help with this morning. Uh, the first one is this, uh, open up Facebook on a mobile device uh, right now, and if you can't do it right now because you're on that mobile mobile device, uh, listen to these instructions and then do it. We're gonna give you a couple minutes to do it right after we explain it. So I'm gonna go ahead and cut away to a screenshot. Here's what we want to do. We want to maximize our reach in the community and beyond, and this is a simple way for you to help us do that uh, by inviting your friends uh, to like our new Facebook page, Life Church KRV. We're gonna walk you through right now how to invite your friends to that, so uh, follow these instructions. Okay, so the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna find the Facebook app on your device. You're gonna click the Facebook app, and right there at the top right corner, you're gonna see the magnifying glass. You're gonna click on the magnifying glass and type in Life, not Luf, Life Church KRV. Now, first step is that's how you find us. You hit search, will be the first thing that pops up there. You'll see our logo. You click on it and it will open up. You won't have all these options on yours, but you'll open it up. And if you haven't already liked the page, you can like the page. If you already have liked the page, here's your next step. Halfway down on this page, you'll see home, posts, community, reviews. You're going to click on community. And when you click on community, it's going to pop up this page here. And what you can do right in the middle, it says invite friends to like this page. Click that and you can go through and find friends or you can select them individually by tapping on them. Or you can just say select all and then send invites at the bottom. Send those invites and now the job is done and you have helped us out. Here's the cool thing. You never know what kind of impact you're gonna have or who's gonna actually like or follow this. You would be so surprised. I've invited a lot of my friends who I thought there's no way that they are involved in church or they have anything to do with God, uh, but they're following because they just need him right now in this time and they're looking for answers. So go ahead and check those boxes, invite those friends. The second way is this, you can invite a friend to church right now, okay? If you're on our church online platform, you're gonna see the link pop up right now that says invite a friend. Click on that. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, text a friend, put it in the comments, uh, share this post right now on your Facebook uh, profile and say, join me in church, it's live right now. So we're gonna give you two minutes to do that and let you watch this. new way to connect with us uh, during during the week. So we understand that not everyone has access to technology, whether it's Zoom or even the internet, uh, but most people have some sort of a radio or have some way uh, of communicating via phone. So uh, starting this next weekend uh, at uh, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on our own station, 11 
40 a.m., uh, which is our, our Valley's AM talk radio station. From 8 o'clock to 8.30, the weekly message is going to be broadcast on that. So we're going to also have ads on the radio uh, sending people to 11.40 a.m. at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, and it's going to be awesome. So we're going to connect that way. We're going to offer our, our phone number as a prayer support for anyone who needs prayer. We just want to connect with the other part of the community that may not have access to technology. So that's every Sunday, 8 a.m. on 11.40, uh, and it's going to be at 8 o'clock. So... We're going to have prayer offered that way. It's going to be great. So you'll start hearing, uh, if you're listening to 102.5 or 104.3, you're going to start seeing the ads or hearing the ads directing people to that starting this week. So also, Children's Church is immediately following this service. So there will be a link on all the platforms you're watching on to join a Zoom Children's Church with Michelle as soon as service is over. Uh, man, it is an active day. I'm out here on the lake. It is a Saturday, almost uh, noon, and it is people are social distancing, it looks like, but they are, they are here, and we're excited for that. Hey, Wednesday night Bible study as well, uh, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. at the Cormax House uh, via Zoom, that is. And then also uh, Thursday at our house for family dinner. This last week was a hoot. It was so fun. So if you missed out, uh, we'll send you texts to remind you. We'll put st emails out there, but we want you to join us uh, on one of those platforms this week so we can see your face and connect. Uh, we have a post-service Zoom hangout starting as soon as this is over, as soon as service is over as well, coincides with Children's Church. Uh, so jump on there, even if you just jump on there and say hi. We just want to hear you. We want to be able to say hello to you. So jump on there and, and say hello to us. Here in this worn and weary land Where many a dream has died Like a tree planted by the water We never will run dry Living water flowing through God we thirst for more of you Fill our hearts and flood our souls with one desire Just to know you and to make you know we left your name on high Shine like the sun Make darkness run damn high We know we were made for so much more than deep to know our Father's heart. Into the world we're reaching out to show them who you are. So living water flowing through, God we thirst for more of you. Fill our hearts and flood our souls with a one It's time for us to more than just 
joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. Joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. Joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. Joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. To know you and to make you know we lift your name on high, shine like the sun. Jesus Christ 
again And I will call upon the Lord For He alone is strong enough to save Rise, your shackles are no more For Jesus Christ has broken every chain rise from our shackles, that they would be no more, and that we would live in you, that we would seek you in all things, and let you guide us. God, you are great. Head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at His feet we bow. The one who wore our sin and shame now Your name is victory. 
God, by your spirit I will rise. By your name and strength, not my own, not by my own power, but by yours I will rise a new creation in you. God, I pray that we would live every day like this, that we would focus on you and your community, your people, and spread love the way you did it, the way you would have us do it. Give us strength each day to find those moments, to show that love, to spread your word in your name. God, be with us and guide us and let our feet actually move where you want them to. Let us allow ourselves to be guided by you. God, you are great and worthy of praise. And I pray that our every waking moment would be that. Amen. Thanks, guys. Today's an exciting day. We are concluding the book of John. We've been in it for a while. We're in chapter 21 today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 21. I want to give you a little bit of a backstory. So the backstory is this. Jesus has risen from the grave. Uh, before that, uh, he was, you're like, did he really? I didn't know that story. No, uh, he was in the garden first, right? And that's where he was arrested. And, and Peter was right there with him in the garden. And this really is a story about Peter. We're calling it the restorer today because it's what Jesus did with Peter after the resurrection. But Peter's in the garden with Jesus. And as Jesus is getting arrested, what does Peter do? He says, no, you're not. And he pulls out a sword and he cuts off a guy's ear. Kind of gross. Uh, but in that moment, you can just see the zealousness of Peter, like for trying to protect Jesus. And yet that same night when he was uh, in around a campfire with all these officials after Jesus had been arrested, Peter denies Jesus three times. Now, Jesus predicted that would happen. He told Peter it would happen, but Peter's still like, no way I'm going to do that. And Jesus said, what? Before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. And he did. He did do that. And you have to think, post-resurrection, Peter probably felt so horrible. He, he, he did. He, he let down Jesus. At least he feels he did. And we all have people like that we feel we've either let down or people who have let down us. And some of you, man, here's, here's, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Here's where Peter is. Peter's in this place now where uh, in John chapter 121, he's about to see Jesus for like the third time after his resurrection. I'm going to read to you uh, from John chapter 21. It says, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. Here we are, not the Sea of Galilee, but there is a, a boat somewhere out there behind me. Uh, and he says this, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel uh, from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. It's kind of like a now what scenario. It's like, okay, here we are. Like we've seen Jesus. Uh, he, he rose from the grave. It's been exciting. Uh, but now what? I mean, it kind of sounds like people here, like literally here. I can just pan this around and show you. Like there's just, there's, there's people like kind of like, well, now what? You know, I, I guess we'll fish. <laughs> what are we going to do? And so listen to how he, Simon Peter is, is, is talked about here. He, he, he's called not Peter. He's called Simon Peter. Now, Simon was his, his original name. Peter is the name that Jesus gave him. And Jesus said, I'm, you are no longer Simon. I am calling you Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Like he had this huge, like, like name change from Jesus, identity shift as to who he is and what his calling was. And yet now the author is calling him Simon Peter again. And I have to think that part of that had to be Simon himself or Peter himself saying, 
I'm not worthy to be called Peter anymore. Like, look what I've done. I denied Jesus. He gave me a new name. He gave me an identity. I saw miracle after miracle. I was by his side, and then I left him when he needed me most. He's probably thinking that. I mean, Peter cut an ear. He had not just cut an ear. He cut ties to Jesus, or so he thought. Now, here's an example. An example I hear all the time from people. They say, you know what, when I'm talking about church, when I'm talking about Jesus, they're like, oh, I can't be close to God until I clean up my act. But it's not an act. It's a relationship with Him. Once I get sober, once I stop sinning, once I get over my, my own issues with God, then I'll maybe come to church, then I'll join, then I'll, then I'll start reading my Bible again, then I'll start praying. God wouldn't want me now. I hear that all the time. And that's not true. Some of you, it's like, well, when I figure God out, then I'll get close to Him. You're not going to figure God out. He's God. He's your Creator. Some of you just had really bad family examples growing up. And based on your uh, upbringing or your, or your home life, you're like, God, I don't even know if I want to be close to that God. But the God of the Bible is different maybe than the God that you grew up with. See, and you might feel like Peter. You might feel disconnected. You might feel like even in the place you are now, you're like, gosh, I've just been quarantined and gone back to all these things that I had worked so hard on leaving before. And some of you, you have people in your life that you're disconnected from. People in your life who, because of a cut in relationship or things that happened or expectations unfulfilled uh, or, or issues that came up, you're, you're disconnected. And I want to tell you, Jesus is the restorer of those relationships as well. So it says this, they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing, okay? I love that. Defeated. It's like they're, they're, they're fishermen, for goodness sake. They've left a profession of fishing to follow Jesus, and they can't even do that right. How many of you have felt that? Like, I can't even do anything right right now. So they're getting back from that night. And it says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you got any fish? He knows they hadn't got fish. Haven't you got, no, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Then the disciples whom, the disciple whom Jesus loved, this is John who's writing this, said, it is the Lord. Then the, okay, then Simon, as soon as Simon Peter heard him say that, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water, trying to swim back to where Jesus was. Now, they're only about a hundred yards, it said, off or so. Uh, but still, Simon's like, to be doing two things about Simon, Peter, in this. One, he was zealous and he wanted to get to Jesus first. And two, he was fishing naked. Thank you, Gospel of John, for telling us that information that we so did not need to hear. Uh, but here's what he also had to be thinking as he's swimming to shore. He had to be thinking about the last time he was in a boat or another time at least, that he was in a boat and Jesus was out on the water and it was stormy and they thought it was a ghost and, and Peter said, if it's you, Lord, call me out to the water with you. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. And he probably had to feel pretty good in that moment. Like, look, I, I am with Jesus. A miracle is happening with me right now. My feet have not even succumbed to this water. I'm on top of it. And yet now here he is trudging through the water to get to Jesus, probably thinking in his head, this is what I deserve. I deserve just to be in the middle of the muck. I don't deserve to be on top because I denied him. It's defeating. 
And here's what's also defeating. He probably didn't, he probably wasn't a fast swimmer because it looks like the boat got back to Jesus before Peter even reached. Like Peter jumped in, started going, and it's like the boat, the guys in the boat are like, uh, Peter, bad move. <laughs> so it says this, the other disciples followed in the boat, fall, uh, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, soaking wet, and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Now here's a pause for a miracle. See, a miracle moment Jesus provided. He provided all of these fish, but also within the resources the disciples had available to them. It didn't bust their net or break them apart. And it had to be a reminder of the other miracles of, of abundant blessing like that that Jesus did. The loaves and the fishes where they had 12 baskets full left over. Or the, the wine at the, at the wedding party where the, just these, these cisterns were full of, of, of just the best, best wine. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples that said dared to ask him, who are you? <laughs> no one wanted to be that guy, okay? And they knew it was the Lord. Now Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This was now, it says, the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, here's what's cool. Do you see how chill Jesus is in this? Like, I know I've been talking really fast. I had my coffee this morning. But do you, do you see how, like, the order in which Jesus confers and talks to his disciples here? He didn't launch into some lesson. He didn't, he didn't go after some big teaching moment with some parable. He's got a fire going. He's chilling by the lake. He says, bring, let's, let's, have, let's have a meal together. Let's share. He shares a meal, and the order of that meal, it came first. See, here's what we know is true about Jesus before and after the resurrection. It, this is the consistency of who he was. Relationship always comes first. It always comes first. Any, before anything else, before any training, before any school, before any instruction of growth, before any life lessons in the moment, although I'm sure life lessons were happening even, even through that meal, it was what? It was relationship. It was, let's, let's, have, let's have a meal together. Let's share this together. And they did. And they talked. And who knows what they talked about? But you know there had to be laughter. And there had to be like this, this feeling of, man, with Jesus, so much is possible. As Jesus called them fishers of men, and yet they're back on this boat not knowing what to do and hauling this fish. He's like, the fish are the easy part. I've called you guys to so much more. There's lots... Now, here's a word to parents, because parents uh, of, of school-age children this week, you, you, got, the <laughs> you got the online school, uh, like, blues, or you got the online school shock on Monday morning, logging in. Uh, and I've been helping teachers with this all week. I've been helping parents with this all week, helping our school district with getting uh, distance learning set up. And I'll tell you what, it has been a lot of steps, and it has been difficult at times. And for parents who are adjusting to never homeschooling before, and now you're doing home instruction, uh, this is huge right now. This is a big deal. I mean, some of you are like, please, we need individual counseling just so that I don't like take my kids and, and leave them somewhere. Like, you're having a hard time with it. 
uh, and the teachers are too and there's all these new steps and there's learning and there's growing and there's stretching and there's like get out of bed and do you t treat your teacher like you treat me and all these things that I know we're experiencing at home I'm sure you are too but at the end of the day you're pushing 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 sometimes you just don't see that breakthrough and I want you to know that it's okay that's gonna come with time but here's here's the most important thing relationship comes first relationship comes first here's a challenge for you this week when you get up in the morning before you start all that stuff just have a meal together if your kids are old enough give them coffee or hot cocoa and sit around and just talk ask them how they're doing what do you dream about you know what are you excited about today and then launch into it but but start with relationship it's what Jesus did because when that doesn't happen bad stuff happens man when you don't prioritize relationship bad things can happen they, they they can and we know that in life when you don't prioritize relationship and and growing relationship with those around you that's where the breakdown of family starts happening that's where the breakdown of marriages start happening that's where the breakdown of friendships start happening when you don't prioritize that but i'll tell you what jesus is the restorer of all of those things let's look at how he did it with peter see it says when they had finished eating jesus said to simon peter listen to how he addresses him in quotes jesus says this Simon, son of John. He doesn't call him Peter. He calls him Simon, son of John. Jesus calls him that. And you think, that, that's rude, that's mean. Why wouldn't he call him up? He's, he's the first thing Jesus is doing, I believe, with, with Simon Peter right now, is he's saying, I, I understand where you think you are. I understand who you think you are. But that's not who you are. Watch, listen. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, scholars have been debating for years, more than these, more than these fish? Probably more than these people, because that was Peter. He's always like, I'm the one who loves you most, Jesus. So probably more than these other disciples. And he goes, yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Now, he doesn't say more than these. I think Peter's growing up. I think he's growing up and realizing the whole pride issue thing that he was struggling with before. And Jesus just says, feed my lambs. Peter's probably like, yeah, okay, I can do that. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Now, even the author of this is calling him Peter. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, He's calling him the, the former name, his birth name, not the latter name. He's identifying with Peter in his brokenness. That's what I believe is happening. By acknowledging it. Not by saying that's who you are. But what he's doing is he's every single time he's calling him out of it. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. How many times is Jesus now saying, listen, Peter, you love me. You love me. You love me. Here is my command. Feed love, feed love. He, he's restoring who his identity is, not because Jesus had thought any different than Peter at all, but because Peter in his own mind probably had put himself down so much because of this denial. And he says this, he continues on talking to Peter, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Now, Peter, I believe in this moment is restored in his own mind. We'll see the confidence return in the very next thing he says. 
Now, I don't think he was ever outed with Jesus. Jesus is never like, if you screw up, you're gone. That's not how Jesus is. But, but we do that to ourselves. We hold ourselves to a standard different than what God holds us to. We think of ourselves lower than God thinks of us, than Jesus thinks of us. And when we do that, we cheapen what Jesus did on the cross. On the cross, he died for your sins, past, present, and future, so that you could live with him forever, but also that your sins are continually forgiven. So he doesn't look at you and see your sin. He sees, God sees his son Jesus and the sacrifice he did. Jesus sees a friend. God sees a son or a daughter of the King of kings and Lord of lords. What religion does sometimes is says, if you screw up, you're out. And that's false religion. Jesus just says, follow me. That was his command to Peter, follow me. Now, here's how we know and, and can see that Peter's confidence is restored, right? Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, uh, what about him? What about him? Now, Peter, Peter, sometimes he still doesn't get it, does he, right? Like, well, okay, that's, that's me. I'll follow you. But what about that guy? What, what about him? What, what about, what's his story? Like, stop. Stop comparing yourself with others. That's what Peter was doing in that moment. Here's Here's how to restore relationships, with both with God and with others. Stop putting unrealistic expectations on the other person. Now, this is not going to be a whole lesson on expectations. We've done that before. But the, the point is this. For an expectation uh, to be realistic, it has to be agreed upon. It has to be. You can't just say, I have this expectation of this person and they're not fulfilling it. Uh, well, it might seem like a very realistic expectation to you. Uh, but until that other person's agreed, that they're going to do it, you can't hold them. It's unrealistic. It has to be agreed upon. So let go until they agree upon those expectations. Now here's what Jesus said in response. Hey, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Bottom line, end of story. It is that simple. Just follow him. When you do, listen, when you're following Jesus, your eyes are focused on where He is leading you, and that's it. When, you're, when you have to follow the leader, it, you ever seen kids trying to follow the leader, and like if they get distracted by like, oh, a squirrel, right? Then, then what's the, what happens, man? Like they, they're off track, they're off on this other course, and they're going a different direction, and they're just like, where, what am I doing? But when, when they're locked in on the leader in front of them, they stay on the right path and they can't be distracted by everything else. And I think that's something that we all need right now is to focus in and say, where is Jesus leading me? You know, in my scripture reading, in my prayer, in my meditation with him, in my solitude, where is he leading me? Because when you're following him, you're not gonna get distracted. You're not gonna be, oh, what about that person? Or compare yourself to them. Now, because of what happened, it says, because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. And he probably had to think that too. Like, am I going to live until Jesus comes back? And when is that? Uh, but Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room for the books that would be written. That's the end of the book of John. It's a good conclusion. Here's, here's our conclusion. Jesus loves you for you. He loves you for you. He loves you for you. Just, just pray. Can you pray this with me? Just close your eyes and pray this with me. Say, Jesus, 
I believe that you love me for me. I let go of my own expectations on our relationship and trust that you love me right where I am, warts and all. And, and Jesus, I commit myself to release others from the unrealistic expectations I put on them. Help me with that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're quarantined with a significant other, they're probably elbowing you. No, this is for you. It's not for the person next to you, right? That's, that's for you. Here's the cool thing about Jesus being the restorer is he lo- there's something about people who restore old things. Like Stacy loves restoring old like dressers and drawers and, and cabinets and, and just lots of like wood things. She, I know she gets that from her dad. And, and, and as soon as she gets done with one project or as soon as our garage, the section of our garage is cleared out from one project, a new one you know, comes in. And it's great. It's filled with projects that need to be painted, sanded, restored in different ways, you know, fixed. And, and here's the cool thing about how she approaches those projects is that she goes in having a really good idea what she wants it to look like at the end. She knows what it's going to look like. In fact, she sees the beauty in, and the restored thing and, and she's just the, the process of getting there is what she what she enjoys and that's the cool thing about makers makers and creators they they can look at something that needs to be restored and say I see the beauty in this and God looks at you and he says I love you exactly how you are but I also see the beauty of who I'm making you to be at the same time and it's not about jumping ahead or fast-forwarding or trying to get to that finish line and just be perfect it's that journey it's that relationship it's the work involved in the process that builds the relationship between you and God and with you and others so even if you're looking at like oh my kids are a lost cause or I'll never fix my husband or all that like the idea isn't to say how do we get to the end of this better version of of you you know the the idea is this is that the journey along the way you know the refining and and that I love you for who you are and let's work on this together Uh, that is that is what's amazing right amen are we good okay that's probably enough for now Uh, here our post-service uh, hangout, even if you feel like, I don't want to hang out, just ch- jump in and say hi, and then go off on your day. But we just want to see you for a few minutes. Children's Church, that link's going to be right, right in all the platforms coming in right now. Uh, Children's Church, that also starts right now. Uh, if you tuned in late today and, and you missed the, the way that you can add your friends and help us promote our, our new Facebook page, and our, our Facebook page is there to really reach out. It's like our, it's like our website on Facebook, okay? So our, we still have our Facebook group. Our Facebook group uh, is for, uh, so imagine this. Our Facebook page is for saying, here's what we have going on, you know? And then our Facebook group is, is you talking about what's going on and sharing your pictures and all of that because that can't appear on our page. That can only appear on our group. So both are necessary. So one is the group's about interacting and talking and the page is about getting the information out there. And we want to be able to get the information uh, about what we're doing as a church and how we can love uh, our community in the best way possible. And, and one of the easiest ways for you to help with that is just to invite your friends to like that page. You'll be surprised at who does. We're going to put that instructional video on and then we're going to say see you in our post-service uh, Zoom hangout in Children's Church. Uh, See you there. Bye. Okay, so the first thing you're going to do is you're going to find the Facebook app on your device. You're going to click the Facebook app, and right there at the top right corner, you're going to see the magnifying glass. You're going to click on the magnifying glass and type in Life, not Luth, Life Church KRV. Now, first step is that's how you find us. You hit search. will be the first thing that pops up there. You'll see our logo. You click on it and it will open up. You won't have all these options on yours, but you'll open it up. 
And if you haven't already liked the page, you can like the page. If you already have liked the page, here's your next step. Halfway down on this page, you'll see home, posts, community, reviews. You're going to click on community. And when you click on community, it's going to pop up this page here. And what you can do right in the middle, it says invite friends to like this page. Click that and you can go through and find friends or you can select them individually by tapping on them or you can just say select all and then send invites at the bottom. Send those invites and now the job is done and you have helped us out.